0: What's going on guys? This is Rem of The Double Move. I'm back today to record another MLB episode on Wednesday, April 6th, um, the day before opening day, opening day eve, if you will. Um, I'm recording this pretty late at night, so it actually might end up being opening day while I'm technically still recording this episode, at least on the East Coast. Um, I was a little bit late to the party, Um, planned on recording an episode at some point today because I wanted to get one more episode out before the season starts as one more preseason episode, Um, basically because everything that's going to be discussed before the season starts is a prediction or a projection, and you can make yourself look like more of a genius if you make a prediction before it even happens. So before we even see a single game... I'm going to give you guys a couple more predictions that I have for this upcoming season. Yesterday, we did a little bit of best bets towards the end of the episode, but that's not really predictions. That was just like, oh, um, I think this guy is a good bang for your buck kind of thing. So don't get twisted. Don't think that I actually thought some of those things are going to happen because I'm not dumb. Well, I am dumb. Let's get into that first. I'm pretty much an idiot. Uh, The reason why I'm an idiot is because I didn't enlighten myself on the new uh, rules and updates to the Major League Baseball this year. Um, There have been a lot of changes in Major League Baseball because of the new CBA, uh, which the CBA is something that had to be negotiated before we could start the season. Hence, we had a near 100 day lockout and we're in jeopardy of losing the entire 2022 MLB season due to uh, inability for players and um, the actual uh, committee to agree on a new collective bargaining agreement. So now that we finally got the agreement done, there are so many changes that have been put in place. Um, You've probably heard about a lot of them. I've heard about quite a few. The most notable one that I knew of was the Universal DH in both the National League and American League, which makes a huge impact on the league. But there are so many things that have changed that I truly almost love everything I've seen so far. But uh, we kind of want to get into it, and I want to keep you guys in the loop. I figured since I'm going to actually enlighten myself On the changes, I might as well do an episode about it before the season starts so that you guys can be on the same page as me if you didn't get a chance to read up on everything. So the main key first thing that is changed from last year to this year in Major League Baseball is the playoff format. Why I said a little like not even a minute ago, why I said not even a minute ago that I am an idiot is because in my last episode, I gave my playoff projections for the upcoming season. I was still under the impression that the playoff format was three division winners and two wildcard teams playing in a single round, single game, sorry, elimination to see who moves on to the next round. Um, the MLB did away with that. So yesterday when I was making my predi- my predictions, projections, whatever you want to call them for which teams would make the playoffs and win the division, I did not include uh, that extra wildcard slot that got added in both division in both leagues. So, The playoff field has been expanded from 10 teams to 12, effective immediately. Um, My 10-team playoff format is what I was going by yesterday, and I actually named my first episode uh, yesterday uh, after – the Toronto Blue Jays, I named the episode Bust Jays. And the reason I did is because I thought that that team was going to be a bust and not make the playoffs. But based on my projections, now that I know about the new format, the Blue Jays will make the playoffs according to my predictions. So the Blue Jays would actually get that third wild card slot in the American League, which makes my uh, episode title a little bit ironic and stupid because I said that the Blue Jays are bust, even though they're probably a playoff team, according to me. So I kind of, screwed myself up there not really informing myself on all of the changes and kind of being uh, ignorant to that fact so i apologize uh, i'll try to make sure that that doesn't happen again i gotta actually um read up on stuff before i start talking about it i guess so made myself sound pretty dumb yesterday but we're back in business today and um We're going to fix that. Uh, So the first thing I want to let you guys know is that I am going to correct that playoff format in my personal projections and do that for you right now on air. Um, So I didn't write anything down from yesterday, but I do from memory remember um, in the American League, the division winners I had would have been the Chicago White Sox, the Houston Astros and the Tampa Bay Rays. Does that sound right? And then the wildcard teams that I had were the, uh, let me think, who did I pick? Uh, Seattle Mariners, uh, New York Yankees, and now Toronto Blue Jays. So those would be my six playoff teams for the uh, American League. Adding the Blue Jays in is that final seed who I said would be the best team that didn't make it, that was me under the impression that there were only two wildcard teams. So I apologize. National League, I had the number one seed being, obviously, the Los Angeles Dodgers, unfortunately. Um, the other division winners would have been the... um am trying to think. Sorry, guys. I'm not looking at anything right now. I'm just trying to do this off memory. Um... I'm trying to think. So, yeah, the Dodgers win the West. As far as the NL Central, I would have the Milwaukee Brewers. And then uh, the NL East, I would have the Atlanta Braves slash Philadelphia Phillies. Um, My personal opinion is that the uh, Braves will win the division. But I do think the Phillies are a dark horse, a sleeper that could easily win that division. Um, I was talking to a buddy earlier today, and I did say that the division is going to be within 10 games, most certainly, between those two teams. Everybody says the New York Mets. Everybody. I don't think the Mets are the same team without Jacob DeGrom. So my excuse to Mets fans and anybody that thinks the Mets are going to go far or a legit contender, their best player is not even going to be available to them for at least... I would say, two months of the season based on his injury. And he can't even stay healthy when he does come back. So I wouldn't be surprised if something happens then, too, or if he even does come back in two months because that's really best-case scenario for the Mets. And Max Scherzer, he keeps getting older and older and older. Injury issues are bound to start. He knows how much durability he's actually going to have. Look at their rotation without Scherzer and Degrom. I mean, I guess technically you got Carlos Carrasco. That's a name that jumped into my mind. Uh, I think Megel Taylor Megle, I believe is a guy's name that, that's starting for them on opening day. I'm not sure. Like I said, I'm not looking at anything right now. Um, but overall, I just don't think the Mets rotation is as good as people are giving them credit for because they they don't have the Grom to start the season, and who knows what Scherzer's status is going to be. You know what I mean? Um, the Dodgers had Scherzer down the stretch last year and couldn't even win the World Series. So, uh I like Scherzer. I think he's one of the greatest pitchers of our generation, but um, I I just don't think the Mets are as good as the Phillies or the Braves. I think the Phillies and Braves both have way better bats and comparable pitching rotations to the New York Mets, especially without Jacob DeGrom. And a lot of people have the Marlins as the sleeper in that division, but I, I think the Marlins are the fourth best team in that division behind the Mets even. Um, and then the Nationals being the worst. But anyways, back to the playoff format. Um, So I had the Braves win in the division, but maybe the Phillies win in the division after the Brewers win the Central and the um – Dodgers win the West. Uh, as far as playoff teams uh, for the wild card, I did mention yesterday that the top wildcard team would be whoever lost that division between the Phillies and the Braves. So one of them will be the third division winner, and one of them will be the first wildcard slot because they will be that close. Like I said, I talked to a buddy. I said it would be within 10 games. My personal prediction would be four to six games, similar to what it was last year, where the division is decided in the last two weeks of the season. I actually think those teams are that close, that it could be that close again so I would say Phillies Braves both make the playoffs Padres I have them in as a wildcard team and then I said the best team out yesterday would have been the Cardinals after the format changes that I now know about the Cardinals would be my third wildcard team in the National League so Cardinals fans I think you guys are getting in again this year Um, so that would be my playoffs I'm going to run down it one more time White Sox Astros Rays Mariners, Yankees, Blue Jays. That's the AL. National League, I have... Sorry, I'm blanking again, guys. This is very difficult to do off memory. Dodgers, Brewers, Braves, Phillies. There's a slash there because, like I said, it could go either way as far as who wins the division, Was wins the wild card. Um, Padres, Cardinals. That's my playoffs. The Mets don't get in. The Red Sox don't get in, in the AL. No. There's good teams that are going to miss out this year. But the fact that it is expanded to 12 teams, I like it. Three division winners, three wildcard clubs. Now, I like I said, I, I want to learn with you guys. I, I don't know if I said this in the last 10 minutes or not, but I really didn't get a chance to read up on all the changes to the league this year. Um, with the new CBA. So I'm going to do that now on the record so that you guys don't have to dig and try to find this information and read it because I can go through it pretty quick, kind of give my take on it. And then you guys can be up to the up to date and in the loop as well as far as how this season is going to go because it is going to be way different. We already talked about the universal DH. That's going to be insane. But as far as actual format changes um, for the Major League Baseball, the main one is that playoff field. So after that, I mean, we have more to talk about. So – With the playoff field uh, changing, it is going to impact everything that we see during the season. Um, There's going to be way more games that matter as far as playing in the division. So, um, like, division winners, you know that there's going to be a second team from that division, most likely unless there's three teams from a division making the playoffs. So, like I had in the National League, I have two teams from each division making the playoffs. I have it that close. So I have the Brewers and the Cardinals making it from the Central. I have the Dodgers and the Padres making it from the West. The Giants not getting in. Uh, And then I have the Phillies and the Braves with the Mets not getting in in the NL East. And then in the uh, American League, I did have the – Blue Jays and the Yankees making it in as wildcard teams, along with the Rays winning the division, so that's maybe an uncommon opinion that I have, uh, but it did happen last year where the Rays, the, the Red Sox, and the Yankees all made it, so I just feel like that division is so top-heavy at the top that that could very well happen, and that is my projection, and I think the Mariners are the sleeper team there. Um, so I think that's enough rambling about that one topic because I find myself running into a wall and talking about the same thing five times. And that is the problem with uh, trying to record a podcast late at night, so I do apologize. But I did want to get this out to you before the season so that I you know, could say I told you so about some things. Anyways, impacts the trade deadline. Moving everything up and uh, changing the playoff format is going to change uh, the way that the trade deadline works. More teams are going to be invested. More teams are going to be trying to add and improve their team at the trade deadline. I don't know if I already mentioned this, but there's going to be more markets for teams um, that are emotionally invested into their teams, and it's going to be very hard whenever your team comes up just short. Um, to the playoffs, or if they make it in the wild card, at least you know it's not going to be a one game and, and out, a, a single knockout like it used to be, which I personally thought that was insane that a team could play all year for one game. So that play in game between the two wild card teams could have gotten crazy like so many different times it did. But I like the series better because it really does show who the better team is. Because who knows if that wild card team could be a team that could make a deep run in the playoffs? You're not giving them a fair chance by making it a one game right? Yes, the Yankees can put Garrett Cole on the mound, but they could still lose that game. You know what I mean? So, rather than a one-game play-in with the two wildcard clubs, the first round for the postseason this year will feature a total of four best-of-three series. Um, So, in each league, uh, the two traditional quote-unquote wildcard clubs will face each other, and the division winner with the worst record Of the three will face an additional wild card club. The winners of those series will advance to the best of five division series against the other two division winners. So we have two teams that get a buy from the wild card. Okay, that makes sense. So the top two division winners. So in the American League, I would say the White Sox and Astros are getting buys. And in the National League, I would have the Dodgers and Brewers getting buys. I would have the Braves playing in a wild card game against the Padres, I guess. And the Phillies playing against the Cardinals. And then in the American League, the third division winner rays would play the blue jays and the top wild card team mariners would play the yankees okay yeah 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 so that would be my format i like i said i didn't write any of that down but that would be my projection for how this could go um this year but that's pretty cool i like that actually um So, yeah, that's really cool. And then, obviously, the National League Championship and American League Championship Series and World Series are all best-of-seven series, which is how it should be. Um, As a result, the postseason expansion, there will not be any more tiebreaker games. So, in the regular season, I don't know if you guys ever remember there being any tiebreaker games or, like, um, yeah, where teams are, like, they can't break the tie based on their records and their head-to-head record and such, so they have to play extra games. That's not going to happen this year instead math will be used to settle all the ties for the first round series so that they can begin a little bit more promptly at the conclusion of the regular season because the playoff form the playoffs will take a little bit longer now that they changed it because of these series instead of the single games uh for the wild card and as a result of the lockout opening day was delayed by a week so a bunch of double headers were already sprinkled in the schedule um which means less days for them to try to do um makeup series. They're not going to have that time at the end of the year cuz they're going to want to start the playoffs right away. So having the double headers pinned in could I mean that could help or hurt. I mean that the double headers put in because of the week because of the uh week delay in the start of the season that's pretty much going to be the same schedule then if they already have predetermined doubleheaders there's going to be weather delays there could be COVID issues I mean you never know so if the regular season does last a little long I I would not see them changing the format though of the playoffs since it's so cool now but either way like I said sorry guys it's late um but I'm I'm really working hard to get this episode in for you guys so bear with me uh so the trade deadline fell back about three days not a huge deal it's August. 2nd instead of July 31st this year. Not a huge deal. Um, Big time moves in this uh, offseason. I I got a chance to cover a little bit of it a few episodes ago with our little baseball segment, but I didn't actually get to talk about a lot of it. Um, I just want to point out a fact that this season's uh, free agency period was the biggest spending free agency period in MLB history. Uh, there was over $3 billion given out in contractual agreements that were made. And uh, there were some crazy trades as well. Uh, the defending World Series champion, Atlanta Braves, have a new first baseman. We already got a chance to talk about that. Matt Olson is going to be replacing Freddie Freeman. And... Uh, Marcelo Zuna and Ronald Acuna look to come back to that lineup and make them an even deeper ball club. So look out for the Braves, again, trying to defend their crown. I mean, Ronald Acuna would arguably be their best player, even over Freddie Freeman, potentially, um, the last few years. So the fact that Acuna didn't even get to play and they won the World Series, <laughs> that that still baffles me. But, yeah, so getting Acuna back, we it's not going to be right away, but... They are going to get Acuna back this year, and Azuna's back. Big bat. So, hey. I, I, and, and Olsen, as far as home runs, he's he's comparable to Freeman. The only thing Freeman has is a little bit slighter, better batting average, if I remember correctly from looking at the comparison. So, um, but, uh, I think Olson's more of a run drive-in guy. He, he can definitely bring in the runs, drive in the runs. Freddie Freeman was an all-around great player, great hitter. Um, so Freddie's now in Cali. Um, he's a Cali boy playing in Cali and, um, the Braves get Matt Olson, who's a Georgia boy. So I think it all worked out for the better. Um, I, I it's going to be hard to see Freddie and Dodger blue, but, uh, Matt Olson in, in Atlanta, I can get used to that. I really like that for them. So, and we just talked about Freddie Freeman. So Freddie Freeman goes to the Dodgers from the Braves. Kenley Jansen, the Dodgers all time saves leader went to the Braves. <laughs> So that, that's really interesting. And to make it even more ironic, Craig Kimbrell, who's the Braves' all-time save leader, is now on the Dodgers because the White Sox traded into the Dodgers for A.J. Pollock. ha <laughs> Now that's going to take some getting used to. <laughs> so the all-time Braves' save leader is the Dodgers' closer, and the all-time Dodgers' save leader is the Braves' closer for 2022. That is absolutely wild, guys. Absolutely wild. Um... As far as the Dodgers, I mean, they did lose Corey Seager. I mean, that's huge. Like I said, I, you got to love Corey Seager, but I just don't see him producing the same way he did in L.A. in in Texas. Not just because it's a less hitter-friendly ballpark, but also because he doesn't have MVPs straddled around him in the lineup where he actually doesn't have as much pressure on him in Texas. He is going to be the guy. So I just don't expect the same, the same kind of numbers from Corey Seager, but I still expect him to be a very productive shortstop. Um, we're going to have some fantasy baseball special episodes throughout the season for you guys. Cause I do want to kind of uh, talk about that kind of thing as well for all of you fantasy players out there. Cause I'm a big time uh, fantasy baseball fan. Um, I really enjoy the, the, sport of fantasy baseball because it's the longest fantasy season and it's the hardest season to um stay focused in and um maintain for an entire season because it is an 162 game season so it's the hardest sport to play as far as fantasy goes because football is so short you really only have to worry about setting your lineup for one particular game and one matchup each week for you know 18 weeks i guess now the season is but um for foot for um Baseball, it's changed differently. It's not just one game. It's a whole week worth of games, just like basketball and hockey, where um, all of those factor into one scoring period. And since baseball season is twice as long as hockey or basketball, it is twice as hard to keep players healthy and on your roster and Sleepers are twice as important um replacements for injuries are twice as important. I mean paying attention to how many starts a pitcher has in a week depending on if you have a start cap on your league all that stuff is stuff that I can talk, you, talk to you about because I know that stuff okay i I breathe fantasy baseball you know i I really consider myself a fantasy baseball expert um the last few years i've I've made some pretty significant ads and drops and drafts and you know. Win some leagues with with the teams I've been able to get together, and I just want to help you guys out. You know, I'm not I'm not trying to hog all this uh, knowledge, wealth of knowledge and information to myself. I'd rather help you guys out, let you know how I do it, give you some tips and and tricks, and help you win your league. So, you know, if you're a fan of the show, stay tuned, and uh, here in the near future and in the long term future for the season, we're gonna get you some fantasy uh, episodes out there. So, looking forward to that, but. Like I said, Corey Seager, the reason I got into the fantasy fo- uh, fantasy aspect is he's still, in my opinion, a top five shortstop in Major League Baseball. So. Corey Seager stud, uh, at very least top ten, but guaranteed top ten. I-, I put him in the top five. I put him at number five, but uh, he- he's at least top ten in the league, minimum, even even being on the Rangers. Um, so the Rangers and Mets, they were, th- they were throwing money out, guys. This this free agency. Since we're talking about free agency, they were just, oh my god, they 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 filled a gallon bucket with it, man. I mean, they were just going to town. They were like, yeah yeah yeah, let's do more 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 more. Just spend 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 spree spending spree spending spree. I mean, you're talking about the Rangers picking up Corey, uh, Corey Seeger, picking up Marcus Simeon, uh, picking up John Gray, uh, picking up Mitch Garver. I mean, pick- uh, list goes on and on and on and on and on. And the Mets, talking about Starling Marte, talking about Max Scherzer, talking about Marcana, talking about Eduardo Escobar. I mean, list goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. I mean, tell me. Come on, guys. like, where are all these other teams at, man? There's only a few teams that want to spend money. And I, Rangers definitely didn't spend as much money as some teams. They got some of the most prized free agents, but... The Mets were really the team that everybody's saying won free agency. And what I said in last episode, team that wins free agency never wins the season. Uh, The Mets also traded for Chris Bassett. I actually forgot to mention him a little bit ago when we were talking about the Mets rotation. I think personally I like Chris Bassett, but he's overrated. He played really good last year for the Athletics, but then he got injured. I just don't think he's going to play up to that potential. When I watched Chris Bassett live last year when they were uh, when the Athletics were playing, when I watched an Athletics game, and when I watched the Athletics play on TV, I just really didn't see much in Chris Bassett. I think Sean Mania and uh, Frankie Montes are solid top-end starting pitchers in major leagues, but Bassett is is not that, you know? Um, he was the number three in the rotation behind those two guys, but being a number three in the Mets rotation in a division that has teams like the Phillies and the Braves with those bats, and then when you play the Nationals, you got to worry about Juan Soto and Nelson Cruz. I mean, I just don't like it. I don't like it. I think John Gray... For the Rangers is going to have a better year than Bassett for the Mets, and that that's a bold prediction. Take that. Put that. Put that in your book. John Gray will have a better season than Chris Bassett. That's a. I think that's a pretty solid uh, bold prediction out of me. Um, so write that down. <laughs> um, moving on. Obviously, we talked about Degrom's injury. I, I think that changes everything for the Mets. If they have a full season at Jacob DeGrom, which it's not guaranteed he'll stay healthy because I can't remember the last time he did stay healthy for a whole season, Uh, they're a different team because DeGrom is the best pitcher in baseball. But without DeGrom, they're not the same team, guys. There were other big spenders other than the Mets and and the Rangers, though. The Rockies landed Chris Bryant. That's a big deal. The Tigers added Javi Baez. Uh, They traded for Austin Meadows, and they signed starters Eduardo Rodriguez and Michael Pineda. Here's the best one. The Phillies signed Nick Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber to be part of this potent, loaded lineup around reigning NL MVP Bryce Harper, MV3. Um, Harper probably going to win another MVP. Um, if not this year, definitely within the next few years with those guys in his lineup. Cassianos is going to have a big year. Schrober's going to hit a lot of homers. I think you're going to see better, better numbers out of JT Realmuto. We got a little glimpse this morning at 1230. Um, the Phillies played the Rays in the final spring training game of uh, the MLB spring training this year. Um, it was the only game on today, so, of course, that was the one I tuned into. The Phillies scored eight runs. Before they even got five outs against the Tampa Bay Rays, and the Tampa Bay Rays had one of their top three starting pitchers in the lineup um, pitching against them, and that was Luis Betenia. That means two things to me. One, it means the Phillies and every other team, their bats are ready. Okay, their bats are ready, and they're ready to hit. They're ready to score runs in this in this season. Pitchers are not ready. Pitchers. Need a longer time. We talked about this in one of our other episodes when we talked about baseball. Pitchers need more time. Pitchers need more time. Pitchers need more time. I'll say it again. Pitchers need more time than hitters. Hitters are built for this. Hitters have been hitting against quality pitching since they were in college, and they have gone right up the ranks to the point where it is in their DNA to MASH baseballs. Pitchers have a process. They have a a ramp-up process before the season starts, therefore, spring training. They are able to get to form before the season starts so that they're not giving up six earned runs and getting pulled in the second inning, okay? So it will happen from time to time. It happens to every pitcher. But with the short and spring training, that hurts pitchers. It does not hurt batters. The beginning of this season, you will see the biggest offensive explosions that you have ever seen at the beginning of a Major League Baseball season, ever. Guaranteed. The scores will be high. The games will be exciting. The games will be long. The games will be amazing, exciting. I-, I can just keep saying exciting over and over again because offense makes baseball exciting. Yes, it's fun to sit there and watch a pitcher's duel. But you know what's even more fun? Dingers! Homers! Extra base hits! Stolen bases! Um, You know at bats with runners in scoring position for star players loaded lineups going head to head toe to toe down the stretch of a game seeing who can outscore and who outlast the other i love it it's more entertaining than anything else baseball when it's high scoring and when there's you know long balls being hit that's what people go to games to see i mean that's the good the love part of baseball and Having this season start the way it is, it's going to be really hard on pitchers and on their ERAs for the season, but hitters are going to reign supreme. They are going to have blast-off. I mean, Houston, we have a problem. Watch the hell out. We are going to have lift-off from home plate for a baseball to be launched 450 feet every single game more than once, probably for a while. Cy Young winners are going to be giving up seven, eight runs a game potentially in some of their their, um, first starts of the season. Look at spring training. Look at some of these numbers that some of these pitchers are putting up. Some of these guys are giving up five, six, seven runs every single time they touch the mound in spring training. They're not ready. Usually pitchers and catchers even report to spring training a little earlier than the rest of the team so that they can get even more of a ramp-up period because they need that. So I would say that look out for the offenses to be insane to start the season and for the pitchers to really struggle uh, towards the middle of the season or not even quite that far. I think it will start to even out a little bit and look a little bit more normal. But here at the beginning, I mean, it's going to be insane. It's going to be real fun to watch. I'll I'll keep saying that. It's going to be exciting. So continuing the spring training thing, now that we got that out of the way talking about that game from today, um, the other team that really did good in in, uh, free agency was the uh, Minnesota Twins. They were able to get Carlos Correa, who was the prize free agent on the market. He does have an opt-out after one year, though, so who knows if he's going to test the open market again next year and be the best player available. Um, But Correa, uh, I think going to Minnesota – uh, making a dynamic duo with an MVP candidate, Byron Buxton. Uh, he's one of my sleepers for MVP. We'll get to that in a little bit um, if he stays healthy. But the Twins also made a trade with the uh, Yankees. They were able to get Gary Sanchez at catcher and also Gio Urshela. Um, Gio Urshela is probably going to be more of a depth infielder for them. The Yankees, obviously, in that trade, got rid of Gary Sanchez and uh, Gio Urshela. They brought in Isaiah Kinerfalafa. and uh, they also were able to bring back Anthony Rizzo and trade Luke Voigt to the Padres. Um, as for shortstops, uh, Trevor Simeon signed with the Red Sox, where he'll be at second base besides Xander Bogarts. We talked the last episode yesterday about the Red Sox and how I don't truly believe that the Red Sox will retain Bogart's or Devers for next year who are their two best hitters, two best players. Um they might be able to keep one, but I just feel like that team is going to be shook up now that they got uh Trevor Story and I compared it to the Trevor um sorry, the Corey Seager Trey Turner situation in uh, LA last year where at the trade deadline Dodgers traded for Turner Made him second baseman even though he's a natural shortstop, knowing that Corey Seager was going to be leaving at the end of the year and uh, Trey Turner could move back to his natural position at shortstop. So if Bogars leaves, Story moves back to shortstop. That that I could see that happening, and that's what I was meant by that. Um, so the A's were a team that traded everyone away. Obviously, they traded Olsen to the Braves, Bassett to the Mets, and then Matt Chapman to the Blue Jays, but then they also just recently traded Sean Manaya, their best starting pitcher, to the uh, San Diego Padres. Now, I want to make a, mo- a note on that move, and-, and this is more of a fantasy perspective for you guys. Um, Sean Mania is a very, very, very good pitcher. Going to uh, San Diego, I thought at first was going to be a little skeptical. I was a little skeptical. I wasn't sure how he was going to fit in there because I was kind of scared uh, that he his numbers were going to not be as good um, playing in San Diego rather than uh, Oakland. And um, then I thought about it and I realized that that's the best possible thing that could have happened for Sean Mania Because if you look at all the stuff that happened with the athletics and all the guys they traded away, if they would have tried to keep Sean Mania. He would have had probably one to two runs a run support a game from the Athletics. Do you realize how much those Padres boys can mash? Even without Tadis, Tadis, Tadis however you pronounce it, Fernando. How, even without Fernando, they literally mash. I mean, you got Manny Machado. You got Luke Voigt in there now. Uh, they still have Eric Cosmer, even though I saw they were trying to trade him away. I don't think they'll be able to move that big of a contract. Um, they got Jake uh, Cronenworth. One of my favorite players on that team, uh, Trent Grisham, really solid outfielder. Will Myers, no, I'm not looking at any kind of list for all this. I, I just think they're a really solid team um, all around. And uh, I think that's going to help Manaya because, honestly, he's going to have all that run support now. So I could see it being really good for Minaya, too. Um, oh, and with, with, the, with the way that the Padres' bullpen is set up, I feel like he might actually have some guys that can keep the game for him. Um, I think that there are guys in that Padres were, uh, in that Padres bullpen that can definitely be better than the Athletics bullpen that they had, um, whereas the Athletics' only real good reliever was uh, Lou Trevino, who's going to be their closer. But for the uh, Padres, they have some pretty decent relief pitchers, I think. Not like anything major. They're not that good, but better than Oakland. So the fact that he gets a better offense and a better bullpen to support him that just means more wins and for fantasy baseball that's the most important thing is running deeper into games uh getting wins getting strikeouts and limiting hits and especially limiting home runs and earn runs but it, it's pretty simple the math is there I think shaman I actually moves up the rankings by moving to the padres whereas at first I was a little skeptical and the other reason why I think it's he's going to move up is because he's actually slotted in as their second best starting pitcher isn't that something? They actually have him playing right behind Yu Darvish. So they, the Padres' pitching rotation is one of my favorite rotations in baseball now. They have – I actually might be my favorite pitching rotation in baseball. The Padres have Yu Darvish, Sean Manea, Joe Musgrove, Blake Snell, Mike Clevenger, when healthy. And then I think they also have Chris Paddock, who's probably going to play instead of Clevenger until he comes back. So the Padres rotation is, in my opinion, better than the the, uh, Dodgers. The Dodgers have Walker Buehler, obviously, uh, Julio Urias, Clayton Kershaw. That's the big three. Looking down the list any further, I think they might have to start Tony Gonsolin this year. Um, They still don't have Trevor Bauer. I don't know if he'll come back or not. Um... Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I feel like if if there's no Trevor Bauer there, I like the um, Padres' rotation better. Obviously, if the Dodgers throw in Trevor Bauer, that top four no one can compete with. With Bueller, um, Urias, Kershaw, Bauer, and then I guess Gonsolin. I, I don't know. Did they pick up someone else. Like, did I see somewhere Andrew Heaney or something? Anyways, I still think the uh, Padres' rotation is better. Um, they're playing without Fernando for a little while here, Tatis Jr. Um, so if Machado steps up a little bit, Voight plays like he needs to play, like like Yankees' Luke Voight before all the shit, um, you know, back when he was hitting dingers, I think they're going to be a really potent offense too. So I like, the, I like the Padres. I like them to make the playoffs this year, like I said to you guys a little bit earlier. Um, and, I mean, it's big. Um, the, the A's, essentially what I mean is Sean Manea, is better off with this trade. He has a better chance to win, which is important for fantasy. But the other point that we were making just a minute ago was that the Athletics had a full-on fire sale, and then we were going to go on to talk about the next team that had a fire sale, and that would be the Cincinnati Reds. I just want to take a little second break to apologize for being all over the place. The reason that this podcast is all over the place is because I don't have somebody feeding me questions and keeping me on task. Normally, I would have somebody else here. So it is pure chaos right here with me trying to manage two screens and keep everything together from having a complete shit show. But, hey, next time, maybe I'll have a special guest on and maybe I'll have, um, you know, usual suspect Cody back on here. Who knows? But um, either way, appreciate you guys listening this far. If you did sit through all the chaos, I'm going to try my best to be a little bit more organized from this point out. Um, The Reds. (laughs) That's a team that did a fire sale. They sent Jesse Winker to the Mariners. Big move for the Mariners. Suarez, not as big of a move. Eugenio Suarez. They uh, traded Sonny Gray to the Twins. I really like that for the Twins. I like Sonny Gray. And catcher Tucker Barnhart to the Tigers, which actually helps them because then Tyler Stevenson gets more play time. You're still looking at a team with the Reds. Yeah, they're, pro- they're better than the Pirates, but they're probably eh, – they might be better than the Cubs too. I don't know. Um, they have Joey Votto, obviously. They have Jonathan India, reigning rookie of the year. Uh, they have, like I said, Tyler Stevenson, my opinion, top ten catcher in baseball uh, as far as hitting. And uh, obviously they lost Winker. Castellanos. Look at what the Reds did last year with those guys. Castellanos left for the Phillies in free agency. Winker got traded. Suarez wasn't that big of a deal. I mean, it's not that big of a deal losing him. They got Kyle Farmer in there, too. i actually I'm a big fan of Kyle Farmer. He plays a lot of different positions. But, yeah, I mean, the, the Reds are not a slacking team. I mean, I, they are. They are. But they're not as bad as the A's or the Pirates or the Orioles, right? So, hey. Fire sale, but Reds fans have a couple things to cheer for, at least until Joey retires and... Maybe they can build that team around Jonathan India. Who knows? I think he's a superstar in the making for sure. Um, so, the Mariners. They uh, had already acquired the uh, reigning AL Cy Young winner, Robbie Ray, in free agency. Uh, so, that's a big move for them. Uh, and then getting Winker and Suarez was huge. The Mariners won 90 games last year. Do you understand? 90 games. 90 games, and they just added the reigning Cy Young winner, a guy that can hit 300, and a guy that can belt easily 30 home runs. (laughs) To the team that they already had with young guys like Julio Rodriguez, J-Rod coming up, and possibly even Jared Kelnick could get back on track for them. You know, you're talking about a team that's going to field... Abraham Toro, who I really liked when he was with the Astros and they traded for last year with that Kendall Graveman trade that was very, um, I guess, I, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, people questioned it. <laughs> what's the word for that? I don't know. Uh, it was a controversial, oh my gosh, guys, a controversial deal where they traded away Kendall Graveman, their closer, when they were trying to make a playoff push. Made a lot of sense, <laughs> didn't it? And I'm going to laugh. Yeah, made a lot of sense, didn't it? Uh, trading away your closer when you're trying to make a playoff push. Great idea. <laughs> Good for the Astros, though. They got Kendall Graveman. So, um, But they got Abraham Toro. And uh, like I said, I, I don't know. I just really like that team. Mitch Hanniger, stud. I mean, you're talking about an outfield that's going to have probably J-Rod in center field, Haniger in right, and then um, Winker in left, or vice versa. And if you don't play J-Rod in center field, you're looking at probably Kelnick. And either way, I think J-Rod's going to be the starter center fielder over Kelnick. I think he's going to be a better player. But, hey, I was high on Kelnick last year. I'm more high on J-Rod this year after what I saw from Kelnick. Now, he could turn it around. He's a hell of a player. Don't get me wrong, but I like J-Rod. Um, meanwhile, Blue Jays replaced Ray with Gosman. I've already said a million times that that was not an upgrade. They're the, basically the same guy. Um, They lost Simeon, but then added Chapman, which, like I said, another downgrade in my opinion chapman not the same player that he once was and semian was playing at an mvp level so in order to replace that bat chapman would have to play at an mvp level i just don't see it happening i love chapman i think he'll be good solid maybe even better than he was in oakland but i i I just don't see him i i think it will help chapman to be in toronto but i don't think it's going to help him to the point where he's going to put up semian numbers does that make sense i think it'll be good for matt chapman's career to have a change of scenery and to have those bats around him to actually have less pressure on him. But still, I just don't think he's ever going to become that same player he once was, all-star player he once was. Um, So Albert Pujols went back to the Cardinals. So Pujols, Molina, and Wayne Wright, one last ride in St. Louis. That's why I have them making the playoffs. It's honestly a sentimental thing because if you watch baseball, if you've been a baseball fan any time during the 2000s, in the 2010s, you got to love Albert Pujols, Yadier Molina, and Adam Wainwright. Come on. Y- y- you find a place in your heart for those guys. Those guys are awesome. So I love those guys, and I, I really, really can honestly say I would root for the Cardinals, unless they played the Phillies, <laughs> because I just want those guys to have one last shot. I mean, they won some already. But you gotta root for guys like Pujols and Wainwright and, and Molina. They're they're great. So I, I I like the Cardinals team a lot. I mean I, I really think Tyler O'Neill could be something special for them. I, I, I really like Tyler O'Neill. I like Paul Goldschmidt a lot. I like Arenado a lot. Um, I like Tommy Edmond a lot. I like Harrison Bader a lot. I just really like that 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 baseball team. I think they have a hell of a team. Uh, Giovanni Gallegos. Very good closer. I, that's why I have them making the playoffs. And, and in my last episode, I said they were going to be the best team that didn't make it in the NL, but now I'm looking at them and saying, yeah, they're going to they're gonna make it. I think the Brewers still win that division. I think the Brewers are a better team, but you can't help but root for the Cardinals, okay? Moving on. Cleveland. They're the Guardians now. Yeah. That's a lot to unpack. They're the Guardians, the Cleveland Guardians, a team name change, just like the Washington Commanders in football. I don't know if I'll ever get used to it. Moving on, um, rules and gameplay changes. The biggest gameplay change or rule change, I guess, is the universal designated hitter. So obviously that is a huge deal for fantasy perspective. Because there are guys that will get more at-bats and not have to take days off. And they can just play DH. So it helps for the Phillies. Getting Kyle Schwarber, he can DH, not have to worry about running out on the outfield. They can switch him out for Castellanos some days. I would probably keep Harper and Wright almost every single day because of his arm. But as far as Castellanos and Schwarber, they're interchangeable. They can both DH or play in the outfield, get some rest, keep their bat in the lineup. Same thing with, honestly, JT Romuto. If you wanted to pull off some kind of lineup where you wanted to keep JT in there, you could let him DH even. I mean, honestly, uh, you could let him play first and let Hoskins DH. Who knows? But the Phillies have so many options, and I just love the universal DH for a lot of teams. The Nationals were able to bring Nelson Cruz to the, um, to the National League. Because now they have a universal DH. So now the Nationals can bat Nelson Cruz at cleanup behind Juan Soto as their um, universal DH for the entire season. You know what I mean? So that it's really good for baseball. I love it. Pitchers hitting was getting really annoying for me. A lot of people liked it. I never liked it. I thought it was annoying. Um, but, yeah, universal DH is awesome. Um, And then we're not even going to talk about this next talking point because I honestly cannot keep saying this guy's name because it's all you hear on any baseball talk show or anything. Um, So I'm just going to say SO, S.O., you all know what it stands for because they're trying to make him the face of baseball. But they made a rule for him, actually. Um, So the MLB tweaked its rules because of a single player. Mm -hmm. So this man, SO, can start pitcher for the Angels, and then he can leave the mound as a pitcher and remain in the lineup as a DH. Why? Marketing. Absolutely. Money. That's the only reason. Apparently, people want to see SO. They want to see SO play. So when they go to a game and he's pitching, they don't want to see him come out of the game whenever he gets replaced. They're going to let him stay in as a designated hitter. How about that? A rule for a single player just because there's only one guy that pitches and hits and he automatically wins every MVP that he will ever need to win every single year as long as they think that mediocre pitching and batting two hundred fifty with a lot of home runs is good enough to win an MVP award. There are millions of arguments for why he should not have won the MVP award and why Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was robbed. I will get into that more on my SO episode. I actually might title it his name. I might, I might, I might just title it Showtime so that I don't have to spell out his name. If you can't tell, I'm an Otani hater. Probably one of the biggest you'll ever find. I do not think that him doing what he does is good for baseball. And I will have plenty of words about that whenever I have my Showtime episode. And I think that will be coming up really soon, actually. Um, So we're going to have a debate about so, and um, even maybe that rule change, because I honestly think it's insane that they made a rule for one guy. (laughs) Hilarious. Um, Oh, and a bold prediction before the season starts. Um, He will not win MVP again. That's a bold prediction. He's the favorite to win the award. I don't think he's winning the award. Actually, I know he's not winning the award. Whether he gets hurt or whether he doesn't hit as many home runs and hits even for a lower batting average, I just don't see it happening. I don't. He's flashy. He's entertaining for Angels fans and anybody that thinks that that's fun to watch. But quite honestly, there are way more fun players to watch in the league. And i just assume watch Mike Trout. I mean, I, I loved when Mike Trout was the face of the Angels because he's the best player baseball baseball seen. I love watching Bryce Harper play baseball. I love watching Vladimir Guerrero play baseball. I love watching Fernando Tatis play baseball. I love watching Byron Buxton play baseball. There are so many good players in this league that could be the face of the league, and he's the face of the league. And he's not even a complete player. The, a complete player is a player that does their job as well as they can do, he does two things, but both mediocre, so a half and a half equal a whole. Actually, to put it more realistically, it's more like 0.75 plus 0.75 equals one point5, whereas everybody else is only at one. So it gives him kind of an unfair advantage, and it's making it seem like the only way that a player can win an MVP award against him is if they pitch and hit. Explain to me how that's good for baseball. Can somebody do that? I'll bring you on the show if you can do that. Explain to me how that's good for baseball. Okay, Babe Ruth did it. Guess what? It shouldn't be done. You do your job. You go out on the field. You have a job. You do your job. You play offense and you play defense. You go out on the field. You field balls, catch balls, whatever, whether you're infield, outfield, and then you hit, and you put a lot of focus on hitting. This guy does all of it. And then they say he's the unicorn of the league and superb and superior um, to everybody else. And it it makes everybody else look pretty bad. And I I just don't like that. I I don't like that it makes everybody else look so bad because this isn't the sport that we know and love. There's never been anything like that since literally Babe Ruth. So now that it's here, it's almost taking away from what other players do, other great players, and making them subpar players when they're not. By any stretch of the imagination, subpar players. So we'll get into that more, but let's just keep going through these talking points. So the automatic runner at second base, so-called the, co- the ghost runner in extra innings, is back, um, and I like it. It makes games go faster. I mean, you get to extra innings, the game's tied. Both teams get the extra runner. It's not like there's a disadvantage there. It's just more likely that a team will score or both teams will score, and the game won't last as long, and it keeps from players having to play 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16-inning games when they have to play the next day. It's it's more fair for the players. Now, on that same note, they did have seven-inning double-headers last year in the pandemic season. They got rid of those. So now you do actually have to play nine-inning double-headers. So that's 18 innings in one day. That's a lot. But that's how it's always been. They just now started doing that seven-inning stuff recently. So I like that the nine innings is back because it actually helps with stats too. Player plays a full game. If that team had more seven-inning games and double headers than a guy that didn't, I mean, it's just you're losing an at-bat each of those times that you play a seven-inning game essentially. Right, or maybe even two at-bats, depending on where you're in the lineup. So that's not fair when it comes down to hits at the end of the year and there are guys that have more at-bats. If a guy didn't get hurt on one team and another guy didn't get hurt on one team and played almost every game, those guys would have comparable stats. But if this other guy had one more hit, then player B. If player A had one more hit than player B, and it is because player A didn't have any seven-inning doubleheader games and player B did, there's always going to be controversy, right? So it avoids that and makes everything more um, standardized, and I do like just having baseball be a nine-inning game. And the seven-inning games go by pretty quick uh, compared to the nine-inning games for some reason. So, like I said, there's, a, there's advantages and disadvantages to both, but I do like the nine-innings. Um. The only other real rule change is that rosters are expanded from 26 to 28 players until the beginning of May, May 2nd. But that's only due to this shortened spring training, so the MLB owes that to us. Um in the in the future, not yet, there could be robo umps, so we're not really going to talk about that yet, but they're testing all that kind of stuff out, so we'll, we'll just have to see how that goes. Um so key injuries to note here before I get into uh, the, my last talking points. Um, DeGrom obviously is injured. He has a uh, stress reaction in his shoulder. It will prevent him from throwing for at least four we- uh, at least another few weeks. I'm saying probably a month. But he, that's best-case scenario, guys, and he's still going to need a ramp-up period. So you're looking at Jake DeGrom missing at least two months, in my opinion. Um, if not more, and who knows if he's going to re the injury when he comes back. So, I mean, it's his shoulder. That's not a good injury for a pitcher. Shoulder and elbow, you're screwed as a pitcher. I mean, seriously. So, DeGrom, we'll have to wait and see. The Tadis show, Fernando Tatis Jr., Fractured his left wrist in the offseason and he's gonna miss about three months. That's a shame because I really like Tatis and I really like the Padres team. So missing out on seeing Tatis play is gonna suck for all of our baseball fans. Because anybody that likes baseball, you gotta love Fernando Tatis. I mean, watching that guy, he's he's amazing. So the Tatis show is on hold for a little bit, guys. Also, Chris Sale, the best pitcher on the Boston Red Sox, the only really decent pitcher on the Boston Red Sox other than Nadia Valde, is out of their rotation for at least two months because of a stretch fracture in his rib cage. So they pushed themselves um, into the postseason last year without Sale in the first half of 2021 and uh they're not going to have them again and i just don't like i said i don't see the red sox being a playoff team this year i i think chris Hill is by far their best pitcher without sale their their rotation is pretty weak it's weaker than uh the rays the yankees and the um blue jays and all three of those teams i think have better hitters than the red sox as well so um The Rays, like I said, the Rays don't have star power. We've talked about this. Everybody knows this. But they just play so damn well together, and they're so well managed, and it just – everything comes together. Every year, people sleep on the Rays, and every year, they're right there. So that's why I'm not going to be the one to sleep on the Rays. Um, Defending AL Central champion White Sox will have to uh, play early in the season without their uh, starting pitcher, Lance Lynn, who – Recently had knee surgery. Um, He's a very good pitcher. Lance Lynn was a top candidate for the AL Cy Young last year. Probably their most effective pitcher. Um, I do not think he's going to be their most effective pitcher this year. I'm very high on Dylan Cease. I think Dylan Cease could contend for the AL Cy Young this year. I think he could be the next Corbin Burns. Um, So you know how Corbin Burns kind of just bursting onto the scene. I'm seeing that with with Cease. Um, You heard about Burns. But not to the extent that you did last year when he broke out. I think that's kind of what you're going to see out of Dylan Cease this year. So um, expect a big year out of Cease. Expect Giolito to be Giolito. And uh, I really like that Red so- that White Sox rotation. I also like Michael Kopic a lot. So that's why the White Sox are by far, in my opinion, the best team in the American League. Um, I'm not the only one that says that either. So there's definitely justification for that. Um so the Cardinals similarly ish, similarly similarly compromised pitching staff um their ace Jack Flaherty who I'm very high on is going to miss the beginning of the season I don't think Jack's going to miss that much time um him and Alex Reyes their closer um, well, their setup guy, I guess. Technically, Reyes did close games for them last year, but I think Gallegos is going to be their closer. Uh, Reyes, yeah, he'll probably get some saves, I mean, if he does play. But him and him and Flaherty, those are big losses for the Cardinals. But uh, like I said, Cardinals are a playoff team, borderline. I think they'll be like the last playoff team for the NL. Um, But Jack Flaherty and Alex Reyes is tough to overcome. So hopefully those guys are back healthy soon. The Reds are going to be playing without their ace, Luis Castillo, who for a while last year was one of the worst pitchers in baseball. So I I don't know if that really matters for the Reds since they're not really a contender anyways. I wouldn't be opposed to eliminating them from the playoff race before the season even starts. Hashtag LOL. Um, the The Buster Posey list Giants, they won 107 games last year somehow. I honestly still have no idea how that happened. But Buster Posey retired. Chris Bryant, who they got for free agency, went to Colorado. And Evan Longoria just had finger surgery. Those are all veterans. I mean, I mean, truly, the Giants aren't going to look that different this year. And uh, I really don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year. I-, I think that was crazy that they were as good as they were. Everybody was so surprised. They were the Cinderella story. But I just don't see it happening again. I think it was a fluke. That's my honest opinion. Like, the Giants are like the Rays for the National League where no one ever expects them to be good. But they do it. And, like, yes, they've had some household names over the, over the years. But, like, have, have they really? Like, their best players have been, like, Buster Posey. Um, They had, like, Hunter Pence for a while there. They had some good pitchers, I will say. Um, I don't know. I mean, Brandon Crawford's been there forever. Brandon Belt's been there forever. Some of those pieces from whenever they were winning World Series is not too long ago are still there. But these guys are getting older. They're not going to be playing to the same potential that they played once. And I just don't see the Giants making the playoffs when you're in a division with the Dodgers. Uh, who are guaranteed to be in there, and the Padres, who I think are better than the Giants. And Everybody thought that last year, too, but I'm thinking this year's going to look a little more like it's supposed to look, and uh, that's my prediction. So that's a lot of injury bummers, but Mike Trout is back from last year's uh, calf injuries. But... Mike Trout's got a stomach bug, I think I read, and Mike Trout's probable for opening day. So I don't even know what to think about Mike Trout right now. Him and Otani are the two favorites to win MVP in the AL, so they're teammates. and Yeah, I mean, that's going to be pretty crazy to watch. But um, And then, real quick, before I take a break, um, the top prospects to watch – Uh, Obviously, Bobby Witt Jr., the number one prospect in baseball, made the Royals team, so he's going to be a starter for them most likely. J-Rod Julio Rodriguez, he's the number three prospect. He'll be a a starting outfielder most likely for the Mariners. And then Spencer Torkelson, who I'm very high on, made the Tigers as well. Um, And then number two uh, prospect Adley Rushman, the Orioles catcher, he's been dealing with an injury. That's the only reason he's not in there. He'll be up and he'll be a stud. Um, And then Tigers outfielder Riley Green is number five. He also got injured in spring. He was looking really good before that injury as well. So, yeah, very interesting. And, yeah. Yeah. So let's um – Okay, one more, one more point about changes, real quick, and then we're going to take a little break. The team with the worst record in, in the MLB will no longer be guaranteed the top pick in the draft. Rather, the first six picks will be decided by a lottery featuring all, night, all 18 non-postseason clubs. So it's going to be more like the other sports where the lottery decides the top picks of the draft, not just record, and I like that. So I'm going to take a quick break, and I will be right back, guys, for a little bit more of this episode, and we'll wrap it up. All right, guys, I am back. Um, this second part of the episode is not going to be near as long. Um, literally everything that I've wanted to talk about in this episode, we already talked about, like with the rule changes and everything. But I also just wanted to do some like predictions slash projections, whatever you want to call them, for like different things that are going to happen in the 2022 season before the actual season starts. So that when the time comes that... Everything is all said and done. I can come back and say I told you so back in April before the season started. So I'm going to actually pick today, now that I've already picked my playoff matchups. Now, I'm, I'm pretty confident in who I pick for the playoff teams. So I'm going to run through it for y'all one more time, and then we're going to get into some individual player stuff. So the playoff tree for me, personally, this year, American League, Chicago White Sox, and Houston Astros are going to get a bye, okay? The third division winner in the American League is going to be the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays, for the third consecutive year, by the way, they're going to play the third wildcard team, um, Toronto Blue Jays, in the, in the wildcard round of three games. Um, and then the uh, number five, I guess you would say, number two wildcard, but number five seed, New York Yankees, would play the number four seed or number one wildcard, Seattle Mariners. Okay, so from top to bottom, White Sox, Astros, Rays, Mariners, Yankees, Blue Jays. National League, we have the LA Dodgers and Milwaukee Brewers getting buys, and then we have the Philadelphia Phillies as the third division winner. Uh, the Atlanta Braves would be then the number one wild card team, but the Phillies would play the number three wild card, which would be the Cardinals. And the Braves, the number one wild card, would play the number two wild card, which would be the San Diego Padres. So we're looking at Dodgers, Brewers, Phillies, Braves, Padres, Cardinals from top to bottom. That's it, boys. I'm going to tell you I told you so, when that actually happens. Okay, moving on. Did I pick a World Series winner? No, I did not. I am not going to because I really don't want to look stupid when half of those teams miss the playoffs. ha! <laughs> It's bull predictions, guys. It's bull predictions. Here we are. Um, no, seriously. Um, I know it's kind of like a favorite pick for everybody this year. Um, everybody's kind of going leaning towards the White Sox. As much as I like the White Sox, oh, man. I see them making a run. I do. But uh, call it bias. But uh, at this point in the episode, I'm just going to throw it out there. The Philadelphia Phillies are winning it all this year, boys. <laughs> Call it biased, call it biased, but the Phillies, man, the Braves did it last year, then the Phillies can do it this year, I'll tell you that, <laughs> so we'll see, but uh, I'm seeing a seeing a World Series title in Philly <laughs> for the first time since the Ryan Howard, Chase Utley, Jimmy Rollins era, but anyways, let's move on to the individual player awards, now that we got that out of the way, so I can say I told you so about who makes the playoffs this year, uh, and who wins the World Series, <clears throat> Phillies. Um, anyways, uh, MVP for the American League. Obviously, the favorite is Shohei. But uh, I'm going with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I think he got robbed last year. I think Vladdy's winning it, man. <laughs> I really do. And if Vladdy don't win it, here's a bet for you. If Vladdy don't win it, I got two more for you. Wander Franco for the Tampa Bay Rays, and Byron Buxton for the uh, Minnesota Twins. Both of those guys could win MVP. That's just my opinion. Both of those guys could pull it off, truly. Um, Another sleeper for me would be uh, Luis Roberts. Franco, Robert, and Buxton have very comparable chances to win that award, but my pick, obviously going towards one of the favorites, would be uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So quote me whenever Vladdy wins the award he should have won last year, if he does anything close to what he did last year. All right, guys? Um, Actually, this is interesting. So... Um, Yeah, American League. So, no, we're just going to stick to American League now. So, American League MVP, I have uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Like I said, he should have won it last year. American League Cy Young winner. Now, this is a little bit more interesting. I said my sleeper was Dylan Cease. I don't even know if Dylan Cease is a sleeper because he's the fifth guy on here. Do I just want to stick to that? Huh. The odds are all over the place for the, for the uh, Cy Young, but I, I guess quote me on Dylan Cease. I already said it, so might as well give it to me. So I said, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. for AL MVP and Dylan Cease as Cy Young. I, I don't know, man. I guess I'll just be ballsy and say it. Um, AL Rookie of the Year. Now this is going to be really ballsy because this guy's missing the beginning of the season. I'm going with Shane Baz, uh, starting pitcher, Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, the other guy that could win it, depending on when he comes up to the major leagues, would be Adley Rushman for the Baltimore Orioles. But I, I do think Shane Baz, that's his award to lose. If if Shane Baz comes back from injury before Adley Rushman gets called up, Shane Baz is going to get enough starts to win that award. And I think it's Shane Baz's award to lose. So I'm going Vladimir Guerrero Jr. as MVP for the AL. Dylan Cease, AL Cy Young, and... um. Shane Baz, AL Rookie of the Year. National League MVP, it's hard to pick anybody but Juan Soto because last year you had an argument that Soto should have won the award but because it's not really a team thing. Harper's team didn't make the playoffs, and he won it. So the argument for Soto is just as strong as far as that goes. But I'm going to go ahead and pick the favorite again, uh, not Juan Soto. Um, I I, I kind of did already say it, yeah, Juan Soto. Um I've been saying for a while now that Juan Soto is going to have to get that award stolen from him this year. But the only guy that's stealing it from him is Harper. So it's a two-horse race between the former national and the now national, um, the, the past and the present. Uh, so I think between Harper and Soto, you have an MVP. I personally, because I'm a Phillies fan, will, will say in my heart Harper, but my brain says Juan Soto. So my heart tells me Harper, my brain tells me Soto. Harper could win back-to-back MVPs. It's not out of the question. But I think Juan Soto is arguably the best player in baseball, and I think it's hard for Juan Soto not to win this award since it is definitely not have anything to do with your team. As far as individual statistics, Juan Soto definitely seems to be the guy that will win that award. So I agree with the with the um, the odds there. Now, as far as Cy Young goes, I am gonna go with. A pretty weird candidate here, actually. Um, So the top guy ranked here is uh, Max Scherzer and then Corbin Burns, of course. I don't think either of them are going to win the Cy Young this year. I'm just going to be completely honest with you. I don't think Walker Bueller is winning the Cy Young this year. I don't think Woodruff is winning the Cy Young this year. My Cy Young winner, as biased as this may sound, is Zach Wheeler. And I feel like Zach Wheeler should have won it last year, too. So I think that man was robbed. But Zach Wheeler was the best pitcher in the National League last year. That's just me. You could say Corbin Burns was, but Zach Wheeler was the best pitcher in the National League last year. So if Zach Wheeler does anything remotely close to what he did last year, Zach Wheeler is winning the NL Cy Young. So like the Phillies should have had last year, winning both awards, they they should win them both again this year, unless, like I said, Juan Soto. Juan Soto. Um... NL Rookie of the Year. The best odds is actually Sia Suzuki. That's interesting. I don't like that. My NL Rookie of the Year. Oh my God, am I picking Phillies for all all of them? My Rookie of the Year was actually going to be Bryson Stott. Because I think he's a hell of a player. I think Bryson Stott has a legitimate argument for winning that award. Now, here's the problem with this. I don't know what the hell I'm looking at. Because... What about Spencer Torkelson? Was he American League? Did I miss him? Hmm. <laughs> I miss something, boys. Um. Yeah, I'm a little bit confused here. So the Tigers are in the AL Central, so Spencer Torkelson would technically be the AL Rookie of the Year, but I picked Shane Baz. I do like Spencer Torkelson, though. I, I, I was going to go on a whole rant about Spencer Torkelson because I was watching him in spring training. I think he's the next star, really. I think Torkelson is a hell of a player. The, the, the Tigers are going to be a really good team in a couple years, if they're not already going to be. I think within the next two or three years, the Tigers are going to be a playoff team with all these young guys they got. These guys are all going to get to their prime at the same time, and this team's going to be legit. But Spencer Torkelson is a guy to look out for. I, I really – big fan of Spencer Torkelson. But, yeah, I'm going with Bryson Stott for NL rookie year for the um, the National League. I don't think there's any real standout guys here on this list. I don't think Joey Bart's going to get enough play time as the catcher as the Giants. I think they're going to split time between him and Kirk Casale. I think um, – Camila Duvall, it says here, uh, that's a closer for, well, he's not even going to close. It's going to be Jake McGee. He's going to be a committee closer, committee relief pitcher that has a chance at saves uh, for the Giants as well. So I I just, honestly, I I would pretty much bank it on um, Bryson Stott. The only argument you could have for somebody else would be Suzuki because he is the favorite, and that's just because they, you know, he came over from the same kind of, baseball that that so came over from so I don't know we'll just have to see how that pans out but so for my uh we'll go through it one more time AL Cy Young Dylan Cease AL MVP Vladimir Guerrero Jr. AL Rookie of the Year Shane Baz NL Cy Young we got Zach Wheeler NL MVP we got Juan Soto slash Bryce Harper and NL Rookie of the Year, we got Bryson Stott. How biased can one person be? I picked the Phillies to win the World Series. I picked the Phillies to win all the awards. You might as well just call me a liar now Till it happens. Then you can say that I'm a genius, and then I could say, I told you so. Um, MLB leader in hits. Now, this is not best bets. This is who I actually think is going to do it. I, I do believe it's going to be one of those top guys. It's going to be one of those top four guys. I mean, there's nobody outside of Anders, Tim Anderson, Bo Bichette, Trey Turner, and Vladimir Guerrero that has a shot at this. I mean, those are the guys with the best odds, but those are the guys that are going to win this. Like, seriously. Most regular season hits. If I had to pick one, you know what? I'm going with Bo Bichette. And the reason I'm going with Bo Bichette is because – Bo Bichette was the guy I said was going to break out like a mofo this year. I said he was going to even do better than he did last year. Well, if he did better than he did last year, he sure as hell going to lead the league in something. So give Bo Bichette the hits crown. Let's do it. Home runs, Vladdy. It's Vladdy. So Blue Jays, yeah, you have the individual stats, but you're barely going to make the playoffs. Stolen bases, who cares? Who cares? RBIs. Vladdy. Vladdy's got the closest odds. I th- Now, I did have some pretty cool sleepers for RBIs. I, I don't know if you guys remember yesterday. So, I actually said that, based on the list I was looking at, they had a plus, I think it was like plus 4,000 or something on um, Ozzy Albies for the Braves and um, Nick Cassianos for the Phillies. Both of those guys are going to hit towards the middle of a very stacked lineup and have a chance to drive in a lot of runs. So those guys have a really good chance to lead the league in RBIs. But I truly think Vladdy's going to lead the league in home runs and RBIs this year cuz I said he's going to win MVP. So expect Vladdy to go off and lead the league. Run scored. Man, the best odds is Juan Soto. I I mean Juan Soto is going to score runs but only cuz well, who's gonna bring him in? <laughs> I'm going with uh, I'm going with Trey Turner. I'm going with Trey Turner uh, from the Dodgers. I'm saying Bichette's gonna win the the hits, but Turner's gonna get the more runs scored. Does that make sense? Uh, it could go either way though. It's between those two guys for both of those. I like Bichette and Turner a lot. I really do. Um, and then saves. Hmm. Hmm. You know what? I'm going with Liam Hendricks. Chicago White Sox. I think he's the best reliever in the game. I think he's actually going to lead the league in saves. There's there's five guys above him on this list for odds, but I do think Liam Hendricks will lead the league in saves. And um, American League, I think uh, Josh Hader will lead the National League. Those are the two best relief pitchers in the league. Those guys are going to do it if they stay healthy. Strikeouts, I'm going with... American League, Garrett Cole, National League, I'm going with Max Scherzer. That, that's, that's pretty easy. Um, and if it's not Scherzer, even if Scherzer, Scherzer's not going to win the Cy Young by getting strikeouts, it's going to be Zach Wheeler. So if something happens to Scherzer, I would see Zach Wheeler with, leading the National League. But Garrett Cole to lead the American League in strikeouts is almost a lock unless he gets hurt. Like, seriously. And that's with any bet. You're betting, but that guy could easily get hurt and trump your season. So, like... For me, I'll tell you guys my secret. So for me personally, I'm telling you all this shit as a prediction, but I'm not actually going to bet any of my money right now because you have no idea what's going to happen. I'm going to wait until the middle of the season whenever all the guys that missed half a season and don't have any chance are already out of the picture, and I'm going to take the less odds later in the season The guys that are more likely, and I'm going to bet on them instead of picking right now. And putting my money in and then losing it. Because half of the guys are going to end up getting hurt or something's going to happen. You might as well just wait. See what happens. See how the season progresses. And then see who you think can get hot down the stretch and pull off an upset against the favorites. You know what I'm saying? So that would be my advice is don't drop a bunch of money at the beginning of the season. Because you can't be that confident. It's all projections and predictions. Now people do it. And, and, and a lot of people do it. And, and people are right. But at the end of the day, if unless you're really, really rich, I would probably argue against doing that. <laughs> I would probably wait until you're, you got a better chance of actually winning some money because anything can happen. Juan Soto could tear his ACL running to first base in the first at-bat of the season. Anything. Did you see Mike Trout last year? Who would have thought that Mike Trout was only going to play 30 games? You know what I mean? Anything can happen. So – that's the fun part about just making the predictions. I don't I'm not actually going to put money on it yet, but I'm saying this is like what I believe. So you get the point. I I I made my point. Um That's boring. Oh, home runs. That's better. Home runs. Um I already said Vladdy. Oh, this is over under. Oh, this is fun. Okay. Vladdy Guerrero Jr. over or, over or under 43.5. Over. Pete Alonzo, over or under 41.5? I'm going under. I'm saying he's going to be in the 30s. Matt Olson 39.5, over or under. I'm, I'm going under. I think he's going to be in the 30s, but I don't think he's going to hit 40 dingers. Jordan Alvarez, same thing, 39.5. I'm going under. I'm saying he's in the 30s. Joey Gallo, over or under 38.5. I'm, it's under. Atani 38.5. I'm going under. I'm going under. I'm going under. Mike Trout, over or under 37.5. Eh. Trout could be a 40 home. I'm saying mid-30s for Trout. So, I'm saying right around that. I'll say under. Devers, same thing. I'm going under. Aaron Judge, 36.5. Um, I'm going over. I'm saying Judge is hitting high 30s. I, I, He could touch 40, honestly. Uh, Ronald Acuna, 36.5. I, I, he's going to be hurt. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't see it. Um, I'm going under. Fran Reyes, 34.5. I... <laughs> I think Fred Mill could hit 35 homers. I'm saying over. Juan Soto, 34.5. I, Juan Soto hits, hits homers. I, I, he don't necessarily try to hit them, so I don't know about 34.5. I, I think, I, yeah, eh, eh, it's tough. I'll go over on Soto. I think that's a safe bet. And Tyler O'Neill, 34.5. I actually think Tyler O'Neill is going to be in the high 30s, too. I think that guy's going to really break out this year. They're disrespecting Harper with 34.5. Harper's going to hit easily 40 homers this year. Salvador Perez, 34.5. I'm actually going under. I think he had that, that good year last year, but I don't think he's going to do it again. Adam Duvall, 33.5. I'll go. Uh, I'll go under, and then Brandon Lau for the for the Rays thirty three point five. I think he hit like thirty nine last year. I am going to go over. I am saying mid thirties, high thirties for Lau. Uh, he's actually a really good power hitter. Reese Hoskins thirty three point five for the Phillies. I am saying yeah, I, I think I think Hoskins will be in the thirties this year. I think Hoskins is going to care a little bit less about getting hits and care more about getting home runs. I think if he stays healthy, he he's a thirty yeah mid thirties, uh borderline forty homer guy. Um, yeah, so that's, that's home runs over under. That's, I mean, that's, is what it is. It's not that fun. <laughs> I guess it's not that fun. Um, so yeah, so guys, um, yeah, I mean, the White Sox, the Astros, the Blue Jays are the favorites to win the World Series. I like, out of those, I like the White Sox. I really do, but I don't know. We'll just have to see. Out of all these teams with the best chance to win the Oh, that's for the AL pennant, sorry. But uh, I have the Astros in the playoffs, Blue Jays in the playoffs, White Sox, Yankees, Rays, and then I have the Mariners. So if you look at the odds, I have the top five teams and then the eighth best team. I don't have the Red Sox or the Angels making the playoffs this year. And then for the NL pennant, as far as odds go to see where I'm at, Dodgers, Braves, Brewers, Mets, Padres, Phillies. Oh. So I have five of the top six. And then sevens, Giants, eights Cardinals, and then I have eight. So I have five of the top six, and then the eighth best. So all five of my or six of my postseason predicting teams are in the top eight in the actual favorites, anyways. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Oh, man. So, I actually did pretty good without looking at anything, guys. I will see how, how it actually pans out, but... Heck, yeah. Hey, I like it. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see how that goes. Um, I think we got a good shot, boys. I think we got a good shot um with my my actual team predictions. um we got a lot of talk in this episode about uh the rule changes in the league this year. I wanted to get this episode out before the season started, so I know you guys will be watching baseball tomorrow like me around two, whatever whenever it starts um so um not a huge deal if you don't get a chance to listen to this, but um. I'm, I'm happy that you guys did tune in if you did, if you made it this far. I know it was tough to get through this episode because of the fact that, uh, I didn't have anybody egging me on again, so I kind of just, uh, wanged it a little bit, per usual. So, uh, yeah, we'll just have to see if next time we can get somebody else on here, keep it a little more light, a little more exciting, um... I hope you guys did enjoy the episode. Last thing I'm going to leave you with today is I'm going to make my, uh, a little bit predictions, I guess, for the games tomorrow. Real quick. Just all in fun. We're just messing around here. Um, Brewers, Cubs. Yep. I like the Brewers. Uh, Guardians, Royals. I like the Royals. Even though Shane Bieber's on the mound for the Guardians, I like the Royals. Pirates-Cardinals, I like the Cardinals there. Uh, Mets-Nats, yeah, I like the Mets there. I'll take it. Mm, Reds-Braves, yeah, that's Braves. Astros-Angels, I like the Astros. I like the Astros there. And uh, Padres-Diamondbacks, I like the Padres. Well, guys, it's been fun. Uh, Appreciate you guys tuning in. If you are trying to waste some money and make some bets, feel free to uh throw them out there um I did finally get the name of our uh episode um it took me a long time to figure out because you know at this point in the day when it's this late the brain don't work as well as it normally does so we're just trying to get some content out to you guys uh, before the season starts. I'm throwing this bad boy up, and I'm not even going to preview it. We're just going to have to let her float out to the uh, out to the old web. And uh, you guys can go ahead and give it a listen if you want. Like I said, I don't expect it because you guys will be watching baseball as am I. But if you get a chance, morning coffee, lunchtime, whenever you get a chance before baseball, in between baseball, whenever, give us a listen. Give me some feedback. Let me know how you... How you like the episode? And also hit me up if you want to be a, a special guest on the show. Um, love to get some, um, some different opinions, some different points of view on things, and uh, hopefully make things a little bit more exciting. So um, open to any suggestions. Open to any uh. Anybody that wants to come on and, and talk some sports, um not just baseball it's just that baseball starting up right now i'm going to have an nBA special episode coming up no pretty soon uh, because of playoffs starting and I'll give my predictions and obviously talk about how these series could go once they have the matchup set It's been a pretty crazy race uh, to say the least, especially the eastern Conference seeds two through five two through four um, but yeah, so let's just um Plan on that next being that next episode is a basketball episode, maybe some baseball talk in there as well because of the season being started. But, uh, yeah, hope you guys got some enjoyment out of this. Hope you guys laughed at me having so many pauses trying to figure out where the hell I was. But, uh, yeah, so I appreciate you guys listening. Like I said, feel free to reach out. Appreciate any feedback, and uh, you guys enjoy your day, and I hope your teams have a great year this year. Anybody Whatever team you're rooting for, just not better than the Phillies, all right? So you guys take care, and uh, we'll see you. And uh, yeah, I appreciate your uh, your loyalty to the to the podcast. And uh, we'll be back soon with uh, some more content for you. All right, you guys have a good night.